The Beer and Pretzel Podcast and Trash Talk Podcast are part of the Buttwide, though, and Podfix Networks. Check them out to hear more content from other great podcasters. This is Trash Talk Podcast. My name is Austin. And this is Travis. And we are the spinoff show for the Beer and Pretzel Podcast, where we talk movies, comic books, TV shows, and games, all while having a drink. And today we'll be talking about two shows we've been watching over the last uh, two months or so, The Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker on HBO Max. In this episode, we'll be diving into both shows, and at the end of the episode, I'll be going over a video game I've been playing recently that's been a lot of fun for our video game of the week, and we go over some um, other recommendations of movies and shows we've been watching recently with our At The Movies segment, and yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much the whole thing for this show, and uh, we're going to do some real news, fake news at the beginning to warm up, and we're going to dive into, uh, should we do Book of Boba Fett first or Peacemaker? I want to start with Book of Boba Fett. All right. I got some Save the best for last? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Real news or fake news, four piece of news, one of which is fake. So the Razzies are like the anti-Oscars, sort of, uh, or opposite Oscars. They're oh, so those so bad it's good movies. Kind of. They're the awards are given out for the worst of things. Yeah. So they give out worst picture, worst actor, actress. Sometimes they're a little mean, but they kind of take themselves kind of like in a meme way. Sometimes they just pick and make up a new category just for the lulls. This year, they have what I think is the best category of all time, which is Bruce Willis, unless I made this up, got his own category at this year's Razzies. So For what? Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. Because I think this is because of a COVID thing. I think... They just released all the movies he's been working on for the last year or two in 2021 because Bruce Willis has been phoning in. He's doing all these sci-fi or action movies that are very cheap. They put him on the poster. They pay him a million dollars. He's not even in the movie a ton. He just shows up for maybe a week to film the movie and moves on. Travis, he was in. He seems like he would be busier than The Rock, but unlike The Rock, he was only in there for a couple of scenes. He was in, looks like, eight Am I counting that right? Eight movies that mm-hmm. released in 2021. That's not bad. Almost all. I got to find the exact numbers. Most of them, I think six out of eight of these got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and a couple of others got 13 out of six. But, right, so none of them got very high. Yeah. So he, <laughs> the special category of worst performance by Bruce Willis movie in 2021. Damn. <laughs> so that... So this was an award for the movie or for his performance in one of the movies, not for himself. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so which Bruce Willis performance was the worst, worst, yeah. So no matter what, Bruce Willis has taken home an award or two this year. Clearly. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's funny, like, because I actually haven't seen any movie. I've seen his commercials, like the new Die Hard commercials that he's doing now for the batteries. Um, I haven't seen him in a movie since uh, Expendables. I was about to say, what about G.I. Joe? Two. Two, okay. I still, Expendables 4 came after that, right? Oh, no, I think you're right, yeah. And what was the Die Hard commercials? Oh, they're they're brand new. They were, like, from this year. And basically it's 
there's a battery brand called Die Hard. Ah. And because of the name and the movies that he used to be in that were actually famous, Die Hard movies, they asked him to do like a commercial where basically he acts out some action scenes from the movie while holding a battery or something. It's kind of stupid. But like he doesn't have his hair or anything. So does he just look like do they try to make him look younger or? I think in what was it? The last Die Hard, he was he was starting to bald. That's fair. But in these commercials, he just looks like old man Bruce Willis. Yeah, okay. Didn't even try to make him look cool and young or anything? Nope. <laughs> Just his grumpy old self. So, Travis, do you think uh, you got to go for it over or real news or fake news, but do you think this is a plausible? Uh, I mean, again, I haven't seen or heard of him making anything. Uh, I think I did hear of him making a movie a while back, which was basically like a vigilante movie where like somebody killed his wife or kid or something, and then he went after him. Mm. Uh, but that was like, what, four, two, two or four years ago? I can't remember. It was a while ago. Um, but I haven't actually heard of any movies he's been in. So it could be plausible. I really don't know on that one. That's fair. So Disney Plus, apparently they have uh, a ton of shows in development. Marvel shows, some exciting Star Wars shows on the horizon, and some other dumb shit nobody asks for. One of which is a bigger name, be it Pixar. Love okay. to see Pixar making some things. But this one, I don't know if I'm going to see Maybe I will in a meme kind of way, an ironic kind of way. It is Young Mater. Oh, God. They're still doing this. And we, I mean, we've, <laughs> we've seen Mater's Tall Tales and Mater's Ghost Stories, all that. We've seen a lot of the Mater stuff, which I, yeah. I do like Larry the Cable Guy. I think he's pretty funny. Yeah. But, like, it, after seeing all the Cars movies and all these crappy small, well, not really crappy, but, like, mediocre small stories that they've done with Mater and the Cars franchise... Do we need a whole series or movie based solely around Mater in his younger days, which would just be a him as a, a tow truck, basically, I think? A shiny new tow truck voice, not by Larry the Cable Guy, is be by his son. I don't know anything about his son. I assume he's an actor or they're just like... Or a comedian or something, something yeah. like that, yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, I don't know, maybe he's got a similar voice. I'd imagine probably something similar. Yeah, but um, yeah, so the image I have here is... Not much. It just says Young Mater, and he looks bright, shiny, and an ugly blue, teal blue. Oh yeah, because that's what he color was. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like <laughs> the thing is, like we've we've grown to lo- know and love the Mater as he is now, as the crappy tow truck that's lived a life, mm. albeit supposedly it was all in Radiator Springs or near Radiator Springs, small town, USA. Yeah. I don't know what like big grand stories they're gonna come up with. I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, supposedly everything that Mater we... Mater goes to Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, he almost <laughs> sounds like he's from Florida, so... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. could be good, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to see it. And by that point, we won't even probably have a Disney Plus subscription, so... No, probably not. So, our number three is, speaking of unnecessary shit nobody asks for, a third Sonic movie has already been greenlit. They haven't made the second one. <laughs> They've made it. It's just not out yet. Oh, it is finished. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ildris Elba is going to be Knuckles, the red enchilada, I think it's called. Whatever. Maybe not enchilada. That's the food. The the fucking, the, they're like porcupines, kind of. He's the red character from the Sonic series. Hedgehog? Oh, not Hedgehog. He's not Hedgehog, no. He's a, uh, in call. I, I don't know what they're called. doesn't matter. Anyway, so Knuckles and Jim Carrey's Mr. Robotnik are going to be the villains for this. But to give Sonic like someone fast to run against, that's what Knuckles' purpose is. Yeah, he's basically a 
a modified version of whatever creature yeah. to be equivalent to as strong, if not stronger and faster than Sonic. He's basically just reverse Flash. But anyway, uh, that movie has already been made. There's a trailer out for it. You know, it actually looks better than the first one. It's yeah. not saying much, though. Anyway, a third one has already been greenlit, but this is where it goes off the rails for me. Along with a Knuckles spinoff series in the works at Paramount Plus. I Because everyone's going to have a streaming service. And Paramount Plus, I don't even know what they have. I think they have that Yellowstone show. Uh, they've got some stuff. Basically, they have a whole crap load of Paramount movies, which they made everything back in, what, early 2000s and 90s? Yeah. So, I mean, they, they got a lot of stuff, I imagine. But still, I mean, a series based around Knuckles, which... He's a cool character, and he became a good meme for a long time. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, But, like, do we really need a show? I mean, again, I do. I like Idris Elba, but does he really want to just voice <laughs> Knuckles for an entire season of a show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the curse things act- actors have to go through. Uh, I feel so bad for some of them. Yeah. Like, some of them choose. Like, The Rock chooses whatever he gets. Oh, yeah, he does. But, like, Idris Elba's like, yeah, I'll do one movie. And I'll do Knuckles because, you know, cool character. Oh, no, we're going to have you do a TV show afterwards. You'll never leave this role. Speaking of The Rock, I was going to put this in real news, fake news, but I forgot. So here's a bonus one that's real. So usually when actors on your movies coming up, you know, they post stuff on Instagram promoting it and they're, you know, they're excited for it to come out. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when the movie's out, they make more posts. Um, You see the people that are in James Gunn's TV shows, probably because they're excited for a product they're in. They're always posting about it. Yeah, I don't follow a lot of actors on, like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff, but I'm assuming they do. The Rock has something in his contract where if he posts an image on Instagram or Twitter or whatever in promoting his own movie, he has to get paid a million dollars. Isn't that a fucking ripoff? That's dope. To promote your own movie. Yeah. (laughs) Do you realize how big his Twitter and Instagram are? I realize that, but still, like, I feel like the man would have more, like, love for his projects. I guess not. I guess it really is, at the end of the day, all about that money. Yeah. A million dollars a post, though. That's a lot of money. That I Yeah, actually. I mean, it's a lot of money, but, like, compared to what they're paying him to be in it, that's not much. It's barely a drop in the bucket. I guess, but, like, just to post an image just for him or his interns to just upload a picture yeah. of whatever. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But Number be, four, again, our last one. All right, but let's just per se, if it's for, if it's for smaller budget movies, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. But if yeah. it's for Disney, rip them off. I, I guess that's fair. $3 yeah. million dollars for a picture. Yeah. Just one picture, $3 million. Yeah, for, uh, what was that? Disney one he did. Um, uh, Jungle Cruise was Jungle the Cruise, latest. Yep. Um, he also did Jumanji, which I don't know who that was made by. I don't think it was Disney. I think that was also Paramount, actually. So Paramount, yeah. So Paramount and Disney, rip them off. Yeah, who, who gives a fuck about them? Our fourth and last piece of news, be it real or fake, is, well, what was the biggest movie of last year? Spider-Man No Way Home. Surprisingly, it's going to be, I forgot what it is, it might be number three, of movies that made the most money of all time behind... Uh, Avengers Endgame and Avatar, which is amazing considering it came out during a pandemic, which every movie is bombed, which is incredible. But in the spirit of that, titled Blue's Big City Adventure, the uh, Spider-Man Noe home ripoff, not really ripoff, there's a Blue's Clues movie that's happening, and it's going to be like Spider-Man Noe home in that it's going to feature all three Blue's Clues hosts. So... Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot there was more than one. Yeah, there was original one from our childhood, and that guy 
I think he went to college or whatever. So he stopped doing it. I think he was starting to bald, and that was another reason why he didn't want to do it anymore. He was bald and early. And then they had another guy take over, and nobody really cared about that one. And then the show ended for a while. And then they have this new guy uh, who I think people like. I don't know. I, I'm not up to date on my Blue's Clues lore. <laughs> anyway, uh, they recently had an episode where they brought in the other two guys, and I think people liked it. I don't know. Once again, I don't follow up on Blue's Clues that much. But anyway, they're doing a movie where all three of them are in it, and it's Blue's Clues. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's cool that they're doing the tie-in because, like, then it's people from our childhood. Because I did, I think I watched it at least a few episodes here and there yeah. as a kid. So people from our era, and then slightly younger, and then whatever the newest, uh, youngest generation is. Like, we can all kind of watch and enjoy it together, but at the same time, like, I'm probably not going to go back and watch Blue's Clues because, like, yeah. it was fine as a kid. I don't want to watch it as uh, an adult-ish that yeah. I am now. Like, that's just, it's not something I want to do, and I don't care if that guy comes back because, honestly, <laughs> I feel bad for him. Yeah. I feel like it's only going to work for parents that grew up on it if they have kids now. But, again, most, I mean, there are probably some people our age that have seen it but like anybody older like like even a few years older that have young kids they're not gonna under, they've probably never seen blues clues no yeah probably because it did come out really like during our time period i was really into it when i was young but if it, and the thing is the kids even like once they're in their teens or like actual kids that should be watching it's blues clues is just for kids really they're gonna be like who the hell are these other guys yeah like <laughs> it made me might have made reference to him in the show, but it's not like kids are going to understand what some other person did or who was the actor. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it's a cool idea, but it's kind of worthless when you think about it. Travis, the only question, though, is which one out of the four is a piece of fake news? I'll list it, them off again. Sure. So, Blue's Clues, No Way Home movie. <laughs> I like the name. It's not even a show. It's a movie. Uh, Knuckles, spinoff series, and a third Sonic movie, even though the second one hasn't come out yet. Young Mater with uh, Mater actor's son, uh, cable guy dude. Yeah, the cable guy's son. And Bruce Willis getting his own category featured eight movies he was in that were terrible in 2021 for worst performance by a Bruce Willis movie. Honestly, all of these in my mind are believable. Yeah, I know. Um, I had some good ones this week. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to say the Knuckles because, again, even though he's a good character and a good meme, I don't know if everyone's ready to get a Knuckles series when he hasn't even appeared live on yeah. TV. So, again, Paramount could be doing something strange, but I guess I'm going to go with that because that just seems the most unbelievable so far. That's fair. Okay. And the unveiling of our fake piece of news bum, 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 is Young Mater. Oh, that's not happening. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, was there any others that would you have preferred if Sonic thing wasn't happening or well, is young meter the one that you most not want to see happen out of all of them? Probably. Yeah. Um, because honestly, like, I mean, again, we're, we were past cause it, it was what it was like is cars and was it, it trains or boats or something? And then planes. planes yeah. Planes, yeah. Trains, boats, and automobiles. <laughs> <laughs> they start starting the thing. Like we've just we've had too much of that franchise, and be, it was fine while it lasted and stuff. But yeah. like I, I don't think we need more. No, definitely not. You see that new Ice Age TV show, oh which is hilarious because the studio that originally made Ice Age 
they went under. They went bankrupt. Even after Disney bought them out, um, they went under. So it's hilarious to me that Ice Age outlived its own studio. It is kind of funny. But I mean, <laughs> it was probably their best product because that's all I can remember from them. Yeah, it is. But it's sad. It's a little bit sad, but it's still kind of, it's, it's good fun. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on to it. Uh, talking to things that are fun or not fun. Book of Boba Fett. Ooh. Uh, the newest uh, Star Wars show uh, got greenlit at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. There was a little after credit scene where Boba Fett sits on the throne and people are like, yo, that's so cool. We'll bring this character back because he was really only in like one episode of Boba Fett, but he had a pretty big impact because people are excited to see that character come back. And, you know, this show came out. Came out relatively quick compared to, I think it was only a year ago that Mandalorian Season 2 ended, I want to say. Yeah. So it had a fairly quick turnaround. I don't know of any development of this, like, world, if Mandalorian Season 3 is happening or whatnot. I know that, I think her name is Ashoka, the Jedi girl. She's yeah. getting her own show. And um, Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out in May. Yep. And that one, hopefully, will be good. They're bringing back Hayden Christensen as uh, Darth Vader. And they have some other cool characters coming back. And they have a character spinoff for, not Lando, um, one of the characters from Rogue One, the youngish guy one. Oh, the the fighter pilot dude. I think so, yeah. Okay. He's getting his own show for some reason. So basically like Top Gun, but in outer space. I guess so. Which, that does sound like a cool concept, but... I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think so either. Because now they're redoing Top Gun. Yeah, and they're also doing Top Gun. They're eventually going to be doing Rogue Squadron, if that ever happens. What's the thing? We just got the Bad Batch, which is kind of like a different version of Rogue Squadron. So I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Could work. So many Star Wars stuff going on doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, kind of. The Marvel universe is having more of a steady tv show uh mandalorian came out that was the first really big show for disney plus huge hit as it should have been very good show season two was also really good Mm -hmm. uh but we're not here to talk about that even i am excited to see what happens more in star wars universe even though i feel like starting to teeter tart teeter totter i'm curious to see the quality level of the other shows that aren't related to this mandalorian universe i'm sure the other ones will connect somehow but i feel like this Boba Fett Mandalorian universe is like kind of just gonna be its own niche, kind of. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Rogues, not Rogue Squadron, but probably that too. But the Rogue One dude, I feel like that's gonna be his own thing. Like he's gonna be on some planet doing his own bit, and they're not gonna connect it at all for better or worse. I but, think it'll have like connection, it'll have like cameo crap and all that stuff and Easter eggs, but it won't be like he won't be physically with anyone that's already been in the universe, really. Probably not. Also, different time period now that I think of it. Doesn't matter. Book of Boba Fett, what do we think about it? Everything like that. Uh, only seven episodes, but that's roughly the same amount of episodes that The Mandalorian got. I think The Mandalorian got eight. Eight or nine, yeah. Yeah. So where do we begin with this? Let's, let's begin where it all started. The, the end of season three, or sorry, season two of The Mandalorian, he sits on the throne. Badass way to introduce his show. Why couldn't he stay there? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we go instantly to him pulling himself out of Sarlacc Pit surprisingly I, it was very quick i thought they were gonna have more into how he got out yeah. like even fucking robot chicken did more of boba fett being the sarlacc pit they have a couple of different skits of him like stuck in the sarlacc pit and trying to have him figure out how to get out and him having just banter different creatures that fall into the sarlacc pit in this it's just like 
his hand kind of comes up and he pulls himself out kind of. Yeah, he like he somehow stabs like the internals of the Snorlax and then he just climbs his way out and it's just like oh, a big dramatic exit scene. Yeah. Nothing happened. He didn't even get hurt. I, he barely had a bruise on him. Yeah. He comes out and, you know, he's rescued Instantly gets or captured. captured. And put into slavery. Yeah. For all of a couple episodes, two or three yeah. episodes. But Tusken Raiders. Um, a lot of people actually really liked the depiction of the Tusken Raiders in showing that before Tusken Raiders were just kind of raiders and uh, marauders. But in this, you see that they're just a fully fleshed out culture that sometimes they have to, you know, attack people to survive. But they're more than just evil creatures. Yeah. And a lot of people like that. And I would say that I agree. Seeing a different sight of a group of people we've seen before and have our own uh, prejudices about. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I kind of like the the way they moved it forward because, like, we saw them early on. We saw that they were a desert uh, raider group, and you're just like, okay, they're kind of badass, kind of mean. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with them. And then you find out, yeah, they're badass and mean, but they also, they have their own religion. They have their own community. They have rules that they live by. And, like, not even, you don't even have to be a Tuscan raider to become family to them. Mm. If you save their life, they're kind of indebted to you, and they'll be your friend for the rest of your life. Or their lives, as it turns out in this one. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like seeing the two sides of it. Like, you do see them as being monsters, but then you also see their human side or alien side, whatever yeah. you want to call it. it. It was good comment. It's a good contrast. And we get to see, like, their way of life. Get to see their way of teaching combat. As they do a lot with, like, this, like, stick thing it's like yeah. a bow staff sort of yeah they, they do use blasters and stuff but they primarily fight a lot of their creatures because it, i'm assuming ammo and resources are limited they just basically use a club yeah but it's like a badass club that they can kill people with pretty easily or animals or creatures so yeah that they are a very cool race and a very cool group there's I'm, one episode that's pretty decent where boba assists them into hijacking a train uh, it's, it's like going through their territory and like blasting them yeah, so basically it's a, a train, I think it was running drugs or something, Spice, I believe is what they called it, reference to Dune, I don't know why. Yeah, everything's um, Spice in the desert. It turns out, yes. Um, but so it's it's carrying this this illegal drug, and basically they're not paying these, these people to run through their land, which you know is kind of dick. Mm. If you want to go through somebody's territory, you think you'd give them a bit of cash. Yeah. They don't, and so they're, like, surprised when the Tuscan Raiders attack the train. <laughs> so they hire a bunch of, like, thug mercenaries on motor, uh, not motorbikes, uh, what are they, speeders. Yeah. A speeder gang to wipe out all the, the Tuscan Raiders. And they're assholes. They kill their banthas. Yeah, they kill their banthas. They kill so many banthas in the show. They kill way too many banthas. Yeah. And then, like, Boba Fett gets angry that they're dying off so easily from these Kind of crappy motorcycle, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they had a lot of guns, and they had, like, like they had basically the machine guns and stuff, but they weren't very good. They had no protection. Trouble. No protection. They were all on speeders. Like, and half of them didn't have armor. I don't know. They weren't very good, but neither, as it turns out, with the Tuscan Raiders, because they're basically hunter-gatherers in comparison. Um, yeah, and then they have this big fight scene with the train, and then... Uh, what's he? Boba Fett goes after and like wipes out the motorcycle gang in like one fell swoop in like a bar in like a cantina. Pretty much. I have a debate question for you. Yeah. So there is, and this is sort of related to this, 
there is a trope called the white savior trope that people don't okay. like where a white person comes into another culture and he basically saves the day just because he's more advanced or whatnot. Yeah, uh, Boba Fett is not white, but let's just say the human trope. Do you feel like, Evo, a lot of people online like how the Tuscan Raiders were portrayed? And I would, for the most part, agree. Don't you feel like they're... They were kind of useless without Bofet until he walks in. And it's like, hey, I'm a human from more civilized society. Let me teach you how to do things. And then, only then, you'll be okay. And then when I dip out, bam, you're going to get wiped out. So, yeah, I will say they seemed a little bit... So, I kind of understood their story beforehand. Like, hunters, gatherers, slave traders, whatever, in the desert. But, like, they didn't know how to use speeders. They could use blasters and stuff, but they couldn't, they, all they knew how to do was ride a Bantha. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you live in the Star Wars universe, you can probably fly some sort of spacecraft yeah. at like five. Even if it's not very well, you could probably do it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they knew how to ride speeders and they knew more about technology than what Boba Fett taught them. Mm. So, like, that was kind of like stupid in my opinion. They were like, yo, we got guns, but we can't figure out how to use essentially a bike. Yeah, essentially a motorcycle. <laughs> That's actually probably easier than a motorcycle because it doesn't crash as often. Yeah. Because it doesn't have the wheels. They basically make it just seem like you just push on the throttle to go forward. You just bring it back. Yeah. So, like slow down and that's it. Yeah, so you turn the throttle like you would on a motorcycle and then you push it forward to move forward, pull back to go backwards or stop. Yeah. It's a very simple design and very easy, to, somewhat easy to use. They have I'd a say. whole montage where... <laughs> They learn how to use it. It's like a four-minute montage. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's nicely shot and whatnot, but still, like, yeah. they kind of make them a little stupid. I mean, yeah. And again, if they were simple, like, because these people, they, they are, they're slave traders, so they literally talk to other races and other, like, groups of people and sell off goods and people, as it turns out. Like, they, they should know far more about technology than what is implied. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you can use a blaster, I'm sure you could use a speeder or whatever they are, the hover car things. I, that part was stupid. Um, and then, so, like, later on in the show, a little while later, they all get wiped out. And this is after their white savior, their human savior, comes and teaches them all about modern fighting, using modern weapons, guns primarily. Teaches them all that, and then they get instantly wiped out by <laughs> this supposed motorcycle gang or by the, the main bad guys of the show. Yeah. In, like... Which seems like less than a minute because they're just like gone. Which is too bad because the Tuscan Raiders are usually portrayed as kind of badasses. Like they're yeah. hard to take out just because, you know, they're used to living in the desert and fighting big monsters all the time. But yeah. like they get wiped out by creatures that later in the show we see get can't hit a fucking barn door <laughs> and are just easily targeted by people who just do spin tricks. Yes. Yeah. So like, I like the. They made them seem more badass, or I guess more human, or whatever, have more emotion than what you'd expect them to. But at the same time, they also made them a lot weaker and a lot stupider than they should be. Yeah. I don't know. I will say that this, I kind of get where they're coming from with the human trait, because then it gives us something to connect to. It's like, okay, our one of our species, one of our humans is helping this alien race. Like, it gives us some connection sure. to it. Yeah. I, I kind of see it, but at the same time, they really didn't need them. They could have survived on their own, and they probably would have survived longer had they not known him. That's also true. They would have. So there's kind of like three main storylines in this. There is the Boba Fett and the Tuscan Raiders couple episodes arc, if you want to call it. Yeah, it's there, like a flashbacks. Yeah, it's a flashback. It's basically what Arrow used to do all the time. Yeah. Then there was the Mandalorian, like two episodes where he's 
doing stuff with Grogu. He sees Luke Skywalker. Oh, spoilers alert, by the way. And then there's the main sort of storyline. No, it is the main storyline. Sure. Of Boba Fett as a crime boss running uh, a city, but uh, more it's more like a street. It's a single street in his palace. Barely a street. Come and on. that's kind of like the main three storylines. Was there any that were particularly better than others, or did they balance each storyline very well? Mandalorian and Grogu was great. Yeah. We should have saved that for season three of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, I don't mind that they brought the Mandalorian back. I'm fine with them fighting together and being a team because, you know, it gives more connection to the group. But, like, the fact that they actually cut Boba Fett out of an entire episode of his own show to give it to the Mandalorian is kind of a dick. It was basically two episodes. Well, primarily one, but yeah, two, almost three. (laughs) <laughs> basically yeah because they're kind of like filler episodes that don't feature boba fett yeah and the second one features him for like three seconds where he doesn't do anything no i don't even know if he's a line he's just like stands there and is like yes that's what we should do that's a line is yes yeah, i guess that yeah and that's all he got so let's go into boba fett what he's up to everything like that um you know he's, he's not as, unfortunately as cool as he is in the star wars lore he's you know, he's not the Mandalorian. Basically, the Mandalorian I tell it, filled no. the shoes of Boba Fett, in my opinion. Exactly, which I was fine with. I want the Mandalorian to be the new Boba Fett. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine with it. I don't need Boba Fett to know, to be Boba Fett anymore. Sure. What I want Boba Fett to be is a crime lord. But he was Travis. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed he was whatever the, what are they called? The big over crime lord things. Uh. Huts, well, the, the huts are, but they they have a specific name. The sen, not sentinels, whatever they're called. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But basically, like the head of a crime family. Sure. Um, I, I don't even know what they'd be called on Earth. Anyway, doesn't matter. The Godfather. Basically, yeah, he's like a Godfather. Sure. Um, but yeah, so he he claims he's that because he's now taken over uh job of the hut seat, but he has, from what I saw of job of the hut, he had an army. Mm. Everybody either feared him or respected him. One of the two, because crime people respected him. All the regular human or humanoids feared him because he's pretty scary. He'd literally send half an army to kill one person if he got the chance to, if they pissed him off. Yeah. Um, and he did crime. <laughs> he just, you know, he did crime. <laughs> he sold drugs. He sold slaves. He probably ran guns. Oh, and yeah, other black market merchandise. Yeah, he had his own rancor that he would, like, feed people to. He had his own slave girls. And, you know, he was just also hosting parties. He was a dope crime... Well, yeah. you know, I'm sure he was a cheap person, of course. No, he was a cheap... But, like, as far as crime bosses go, he'd be, like, up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he had his own, like, floating barge thing where Boba Fett was, you know, he was thrown off at one point. And he had, like, a party going on when they were trying to feed Luke Skywalker and everyone else to the uh, the Sarlacc. But he also had his own rancor that he tried to kill people with. You know, he was an actual crime boss. Boba Fett doesn't do shit. He doesn't do crime. No, he doesn't do crime. <laughs> he overtaxes water. Or, no, claims to take the tax off water. I forget what it was. He threatens to take the tax off water. Yeah. <laughs> That's his one... Crime-ish that he committed. The most white-collar, like, crime you could commit. You're like, oh, you cannot add extra taxes to water. Yeah, and that's it. Like, that's just one thing. Other than that, he saves people. 
He hires a bunch of thugs and mercenaries, but... Does he hire a bunch? Okay. A hand... Two handfuls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In comparison to Jabba the Hutt's half an army, yeah. he's got two handfuls. <laughs> which, out of them, at least 3% were useless. Yeah. Because a lot of the... the what are they? The Borgs? The... Oh, David mods. The mods. The mods, yeah. A lot of the mods died in their first battle. <laughs> the two Gamorian, yeah, the, the Gamorians. Yeah, yeah, they died in their first battle. Yeah, they just their whole purpose in the show is to walk around, and look tough, and, and they, they didn't they look just get tough. Pushed, they didn't even like get shot or anything. They just get pushed they, off like a cliff. They literally get backed into a corner, <laughs> and then they just like gently blow on them, and they're like, "Wee!" Over the cliff we go. Yeah. And I thought like something cool would happen. Like they'd be saved by the, the group from the town when they fell off because they were like fly by on a speeder and catch them or yeah. something cool like that. But no, they're just dead. <laughs> we would never hear from them again. I did, did he actually kill anyone in the episode? Cause I know the Wookiee, he like actually contributes, but do the Gamorreans actually hit anything with their axes? No. I don't remember. They don't. They no, don't because they have axes them. and everyone else has guns. Yeah. They're literally <laughs> useless. Cause unless you throw your axe and then you no longer have a weapon, you can't fight. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. They were kind of useless. Well, like Jabba the Hutt had a bunch of Gamorreans. That makes sense that, uh, both that would inherit some of them, but he only gets like two. Two, and it's like the two dumbest, stupidest ones that can't do anything. Because they, they don't fight. They don't even guard his palace particularly well because they just let anyone walk in off the street. Yeah, true. The Wookiee somehow, when he was actually trying to kill Bovet, he somehow got in. So they failed at their jobs at point. Yeah, it's like at night they just went to sleep and they're like, now nah, we're not going to guard tonight. And the Wookiee's just like, I'll walk in the front door. Yeah. Mandalorian shows up. Dude wearing full plate armor. Yeah. Probably somebody who could kill their boss. There's like, we're not taking your guns or anything. Walk right in. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm here to see both that. And you're like, yeah, sounds good, man. <laughs> oh, dude, keep your guns. You yeah. shoot him in the face if you really feel like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Just go right on it. That should be a protocol. Like, even if you're like on the same side, take their weapons. Yeah. If you don't physically, if you've never seen this person before and they just show up at your castle, be like, you look a little suspicious. I'm yeah. taking your gun and your big staff. Just hand him over. Not have, uh, dude, I'll open the door for you. Have a nice And it's day. not like they're going up against Obi-Wan Kenobi where he does like a mind trick on them to yeah. like, no, they didn't even question him really. He's just like, I'm here to see Boba Fett. And they're like, cool, man. They don't give any kind of fight or anything. No. And then they're like, not like, what are you here to talk to him about or whatever? Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, you look, you look like a decent mid guy. You're not going to hurt nobody. Walk right in. Um, and then in their, their big fight scene <laughs> that they don't hurt anyone and they just fall over backwards off a cliff because they get pushed mm. is like, why make characters so useless? Yeah. Like if, if Boba Fett was going to train anybody to use a gun or a weapon better than whatever their axes or whatever they had, why not your personal guards? Like yeah. make them useful. You would think. Um, the mods, which are kind of like the uh, cyberpunk characters, they're cyborg people. Um, online, they seem to be the thing that when people criticize the book of Boba Fett, they seem to target the mods the most. I can see some of their points, but they're definitely not the main issue, if anything, mm. with the show. It's definitely uh, Boba poor. Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett, a lack of an interesting character, but it's also just like a lack of a good story. Kind of. Day. Well, no, no, no. It is, oh, sorry, it's a good concept for a story. Sure. Becoming the next job of the hut. That is a good, good story. Yeah. Because basically it's Scarface. 
Yeah. If he went out and became Scarface, that's a good story. Speaking of which, uh, before I forget, uh, the Penguin from the new Batman movies come out. HBO wants to do their own TV show for him and make it like Scarface, and that's the rise to power. That that's could be dope. good. That's dope. What this show should have been. Exactly. Scarface in space. How do you screw that concept up? <laughs> I don't understand it. How do you just turn that and be like, no crime, <laughs> no drugs, no nothing. We're just going to hire two handfuls of mercenaries to work for him. Yeah. And then they have this big fight with another rival gang or rival syndicate. And they're just like, yeah, that's us all. We're going to save the people from this syndicate that wasn't really hurting anyone besides the Tuscan Raiders. That's, that was it. Yeah. They were gathering spice in the desert, which is just sand. Yeah. They weren't hurting anyone. And then they were just selling it off world or maybe selling it to people. I guess people on drugs is bad. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But, but like, it's such a, like the lamest like villains. They weren't really doing all that much. No. And Tatooine's already a plant that's pretty There's crummy. no crime or no. Well, there was no crime in this show, but I meant there's no like police force. So there's supposed to be a lot of crime and stuff. Yeah. So like them just selling some spice is even really that bad. Yeah. Um, Honestly, if they're not doing it, somebody else probably will. Also, both at, Walks around in the open quite a bit without his like helmet on. Surprised no one just like went on a roof and took a sniper rifle, just took him out. There were literally scenes. Uh, there was one with uh, Cad Bane, your favorite character, where Cad Bane walks up to this blown up bar, um, with two assassins on the roof. And Boba Fett walks out. I think he didn't have his helmet, or maybe he had his helmet, but he took it off or something to talk to Cad Bane. Yeah, both of those two snipers could have easily shot him in the face. Yeah, they would have died, but like they would have gotten the glory of killing Boba Fett. And they would have saved their boss a crap load of time and money and resources because <laughs> all of his men died and he died. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. But, like, they didn't take the shot. They're just like, yeah, we're going to point our guns at you. We're going to let Cad Bane talk to you for a couple minutes and we're just going to walk away. And every single scene Bo Fett's in, he's always outnumbered. Which, if it was like a Western, if it was a Clint Eastwood Western, he was always outmanned. But he always outgunned them, which yeah. is bad. But Bo Fett doesn't do shit until the final episode Then he shoots some people. But, like... He has all <sighs> he has all the equivalent of Mandalorian technology. He's got like futuristic weapons. He's got that big rocket that shoots out of his back, yeah. of his backpack. He's got a jetpack. Like that's pretty dope. Yeah. Doesn't really use it. <laughs> he's got he's just got this so much cool stuff. And what he chooses to use is his staff to remind of his connection to the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. That's what he uses to kill people eighty percent of the time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Not his guns, his other crap that whatever Mandalorians can use, like the whistle arrow things that the Mando has. So speaking of characters, let's go into on a positive note, who was our favorite character? Why? And why was it not the main character to show Boba Fett? Travis, was Boba Fett your main favorite character? No. Who was it? The Wookiee. The Wookiee was dope. Uh, I don't remember what his name was, but I honestly can't, but he basically, he's an ex, uh, what is it? Uh, they, I think he's like a gladiator. Gladiator. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Gladiator arena dude. Um, and he comes in, basically he's working for the Pikes or he's, he was hired. He's basically a mercenary himself. He was hired by the Pikes to kill Boba Fett. Understandably like Mm. Boba Fett was a thorn in their side. Why not hire somebody to kill him? And honestly, he almost did a damn good job. Like he got Boba Fett pretty close to killing him and Boba Fett didn't kill him back. No. Like, you'd think if the guy breaks into your house while you're in your bathtub or whatever, healing tub, <laughs> and tries to fucking strangle you, you'd be like, okay, you're probably going to die now. Yeah. If you're if you're this ultimate crime boss. Instead, he lets him live and was like, carry on your way, sir. Tell you what, two episodes from now, I'll hire you to help me. Yeah, that's basically what happens. 
job of the hut wouldn't do that. He would throw him in the Snorlax pit, whether there was one in there, and let him rot out his days or be eaten by a Snorlax. Or, no, that's probably what he would do. Yeah. Yeah, because you got, like Scarface, or pretty much any mob boss, you have to make an example. Yeah. Otherwise, there's just, it's like, like what should have happened is, like, other people should have been like, yo, so, like, we can try to kill him and knock him off, and, like, if we fail... He'll just hire us. He'll hire us, or just let us go. Yeah. That's even better. But, no, they don't really take advantage of it. He's also a shitty crime boss because at one point, we're going off topic. The main, the thing I wanted to ask you was your big character. I, I, anyway. I told you. Um, The other, he brings the other gangs in, which I was excited for because I wanted to have, like, I wanted to see a bunch of, like, factions going against each other. Yeah, I want to um, see more manipulation. But there really was. He was just like, hey, these guys are showing up. Can you join me and find them? And they're like, like, nah. Okay, well, they do do that. But then they're like, all right, if you're not going to fight, just stay out of it. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, yeah. If I'm not, like, this is your war. Yeah. Instead, they all decide to join, and they join the other guy's team, which, albeit some claim is a smart move, but it's also, like, Boba Fett and a bunch of somewhat badass guys. Mm. Like, I probably wouldn't want to fuck with them. I guess, but, like, it just shows that he's a shit crime boss if he can't gain the other respect of the other crime bosses. You can't be a crime boss if you don't do crime. Yeah. If you ban (laughs) the selling of uh, Spice... Yeah. Like, what are the crime bosses going to do that sell spice? They're going to be like, I guess I'll join the guys that are selling spice to kill Boba Fett. Makes sense, yeah. Because, like, that's their that's their livelihood is selling drugs, slaves, and running guns and other illegal stuff. Mm. Like, how's they going to make money if Boba Fett bans crime? Very true. So, going back to what you were saying about the Wookiee. Wookiee, cool character. Uh, yeah, he's black the- Wookiee. He's got a bunch of dope. Weapons, a few scars, like crossbow, cross, yeah. He's, uh, he's scars also got cool. his knuckle busters or uh, brass knuckles, that yeah, are electrified and they're electrified. Yeah, he's a cool character. I like him. Uh, him and of course, well, I mean, like Mandalorian, but supposedly he's not like supposed to be a character. I mean, he's a character, but he's like he's got his own show, so I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to exclude him and Grogu, yeah, because he's not supposed to be the main focus of the show, yeah. So, Evo, he kind of becomes, uh, let's talk about Finnick. Which is his uh, right hand woman, uh, played by Ming Na Wen, who was, uh, you know, she was in Agents of the Shield. She was good in that show. She's good in this. I just feel like she's underused. like too good. Well, too good underused. That's true. Because, like, yeah, she should do more because she's by far, like, okay. the most skilled member of his organization by far. It's not even close. And then she's also, like, overpowered that he just, like, sends her to, like, a little house where all the crime bosses decide they're going to hang out. And then she just like takes them all out very quickly. Yeah. Without even like looking at any of them, she just like wipes them out. Do we even see her? I Like uh, at the very end. Oh, we do. Okay. Like when she shoots through the last window, I guess to shoot the, the main, the pike, we yeah. scroll to her outside with holding like a sniper rifle. And I'm like, she couldn't see him, but yeah, she shot him right in the head. She's pretty good. That yeah. was right where it was. I mean, she's supposedly the ultimate assassin, and she can wipe out an entire group of guys in a house where she can't see inside, including <laughs> hanging one guy from the ceiling when she couldn't even see him. That's true. How did that happen? I was wondering. I'm like, who is doing this a badass and also invisible, apparently? <laughs> so it turns out. But yeah, she was so good, but then, like, for 80% of the show, she doesn't do anything. She's, Honestly, why wasn't she the crime boss? Boba Fett, it sucks. Yeah, she was even, te- like, talking to him, like, okay, so we're going to kill the pike so we can run the spice, right? He's like, no. And she's like, why not? Why not make money doing crime as a crime boss? Yeah. She's easily the smartest person there. And I get 
part of it, like, uh, people love her because, you know, the whole female empowerment thing. Yeah. Mad respect for that. She was very good, badass person. But, like, they very much underused her for how much talent she had. She was literally an assassin. He could go out and have her assassinate anybody he wanted to. Yeah, pretty much. 80% of the show, nobody got assassinated. <laughs> Until one. the final episode. It's funny that, like, the first couple episodes, not with the Mandalorian, because the Mandalorian actually does shit, like... There's no like gunfights or anything like that. Even the final episode is just like like two hundred people get wiped out. Yeah, all the gunfights. There's gun like fights. so much corpses in the street. Yeah, so they, they literally wipe out what the, the Pikes and all the other crime syndicates in one half a go, pretty much. Yeah, ninety percent of it was done by her, um, and the other twenty percent was done by everyone else. Pretty much, so, yeah. So eighty percent by her, twenty percent by everyone else, and. Again, like most of them were useless. Again, half of the mods died in this one fight. Yep. I almost say at least half because I only remember seeing the two main ones at the very end. The guy who does the spinny spin and the main girl. <laughs> yeah. Like those are the only two I can remember physically seeing being alive at the end. And then half of them are off the the main group of guys are wiped out by the the townspeople, the free freemen, free people. Oh, uh, Freetown. Freetown. Yeah. Yeah. Like half of them were wiped out by them, and then the rest by Boba Fett and Mando. Do you agree with it? I was trying to bring this up earlier, but I forgot. Do you agree with what most people say that the mods are by far the worst part of the show? No, I, I yeah. don't. I don't mind them. Um, I mean, again, at points they were kind of useless because it was like they're they're a cool like street gang or what they were meant to be, but that they weren't even that cool of a street gang. Like they weren't cyberpunky enough for my like. No, I like the idea of cyberpunk and like cyborgs, but really it was just like one had like a. Like a cybernetic eyeball, and the one had like a cybernetic arm, and that's it. Yeah, and the other ones had other mods that we never even saw, as far no. as I can remember. And then, like, they're supposed to be these cool street gang. Like, in Cyberpunk, you get all these, like, cool weapons and stuff. 90% of these guys, it seemed like, had little blasters that were half the size of my hand. Yeah, they were so small. Yeah. Also, their bikes, uh, super decked out, super flashy bikes. There's one chasing with them. And it's not filmed well because it looks like they're going so fucking slow. Yeah. I know that it meant to be like much faster, but the way it was filmed looked horrible in that it looks so slow. It did look slow, but I like mean, they're going like 15 miles an hour. It does feel like that. But then they're like doing these cool, amazing jump over buildings and stuff at 15 miles an hour. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, that was a bit ridiculous. Um, and it, it didn't add, Anything to the story that I can remember. Not I mean, they, really. they chased what the mayor's handyman. Oh yeah, when he was in a that, yeah. in a speeder car. I guess that's thing. the only thing they really accomplish. Yeah, that and they all die. <laughs> oh, and that one guy, the the main guy there, does the cool spinny spin. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does the unnecessary spin before <laughs> shooting someone. Where he could have just shot the guy, but you know he hit him, so I guess good on him. Yeah, but like literally he was aiming at the guy, spins full 360, and then shoots him. Yeah, it's the most, yes. Like you'd think you'd, like if you're going to do the full 360, you think you'd shoot in all directions because, sure. you know, you're spinning. Like yeah. you have the ability to shoot 360. He doesn't shoot. He holds off till shooting until he's done his full 360 spin. Then he fires at the guy he was already aiming at two minutes beforehand. And like you'd feel like you like you'd lose your target. The guy would have moved in like the three seconds it took or you or he would have shot you or he would imagine if he spun like halfway around him he just got shot in the back that would have been the funniest shit that would have but yeah that was that was so stupid um i i just want to see like 
what was happening on set. They're like, okay, so now we need you to do this little spin, and then you shoot him. The, the guy was just like, he was probably happy to have the job, obviously, but he didn't be like, why am I doing this? It seems like a bad, it, like, I imagine it's one of those things you, when you're on set and you're acting, you don't really think about it. But then when you look at the show sure. now, like if he watches the show and he sees that scene, he's going to be like, that looks stupid. And he's going to see what everyone else is talking about about that. And he's going to be like, yeah, I understand what you guys are talking about. Yeah, probably. Uh, the mods, I don't hate them as, it seems like we both don't hate them as much as a lot of people do online. There are a bunch of reasons why this show doesn't work. They're the one of them, but they're not the main reason yeah. why. I hate the Grimorians far more than I hate the mods. I don't hate the Grimorians because they don't do anything, but like... They, they don't die. Take up, they don't take up as much time as the mods. The mods actually waste a lot of time. All right. They do waste some of the, the chase scene and some of their scenes when talking to Boba. They do waste time, which the Gamorreans don't, because I don't even think they speak Not really. like any language Boba Fett understands. I think they only speak Gamorrean, which no one seems to speak. <laughs> um, but, like, when they're wasting time, they're doing something stupid, like allowing dangerous criminals into their boss's lair to be, like, to go and assassinate him. Like, that's, that's what fair. that's their wasting time is, like, just being like, yeah, we're too lazy to stop you. Have fun. That's <laughs> why. We did the same thing with the Wookiee shop. We just didn't see it. <laughs> it was either they did the same thing or they were literally just sleeping. They were, like, next to the door just sleeping. The Wookiee saw them and just walked right past yeah. them. They didn't, nothing happened. Like, they were just so lazy and pointless. That's why I hate them. <laughs> Uh, getting to more positive things. My favorite character is Cad Bane because uh, I love him from the Star Wars Clone Wars series. Uh, he's a badass bounty hunter that even though he has no force abilities, he is the only bounty hunter that is able to take jobs to hunt Jedi just because he outfits himself. He actually okay. designs a lot of his equipment off Mandalorians, including Jango Fett, Boba Fett's father, and the actor played both characters, actually. And he couldn't be an old crippled Boba Fett. That's true, but to be fair, people have said that if you judge the timeline, he's technically around 70 years old. He doesn't look it so much because he's an alien, and aliens don't look like they age as much. But, like, he is 70 years old, and he does his color. He's blue. He is more faded than in the Clone Wars short where he's, like, more of, like, a brighter blue. All right, uh, that's Okay, I get he's, he's as old, but again... I didn't really see him use much, if any, of his technology. I didn't even see his little yeah. droid that he had in the Clone Wars show. Yeah, he... Did he use his little jetpack boots in the show? I don't remember. No, he didn't. Because he definitely used them a lot in the animated show. Because yeah. he's, like, boots... Like, his boots himself can, like, propel him. Yeah. And he's able to fight people in the air, which is cool, and just blast at them with his... Which the Mandalorian's jetpacks they can also do, which they also didn't do, because, you know, I understand budget-wise, you probably can't shoot a whole lot of scenes where people are doing a bunch of green screen flying around. Sure. Cool stuff. But still, yeah, he didn't use most of it. He did cool Western stuff. I, as a Western character, I really liked him. He did that one standoff with the sheriff or the, the marshal in the town, in yep. Freetown. And then he did that kind of, like, kind of classic Western scene with uh, Boba Fett in the streets. Yeah. Like, he did some cool stuff as a Western, but, like, the guy is built on technology. Like, even though he looks like a cowboy, all of his stuff is based around technology, and he doesn't use... He does use his flamethrower once. Okay, but at the same time, the, the Boba Fett uses one of his gadgets that he is able to use that he doesn't use the rest of the show. Yeah. So, like, they're, they're using some technology together, but it's, like, minimum in comparison to what they have. True. I brought this up to you. I wish they would stop doing the thing they did in Hawkeye where they introduced Kingpin at the very end of the last second to last episode and then they actually have Kingpin in the last episode. Why can't it be like, well, on a segue from 
Kingpin, Daredevil, introduce Kingpin at the end of the first episode or early on in the second episode, and he's the main focus for the rest of the season. Even Arrow does that. They introduce the main villain early because they want to set him up as a bad guy throughout, and there's a couple of times the heroes and the villains fight, the villain beats him, and only at the end of the show, the hero is able to beat him. In this, like, Disney show, it's like, it's like they don't have the budget or they figure out, like, let's do it later on for some reason to, like, keep people hooked. I don't know what it well, is. I do find it weird because they give us a villain. Uh, in Hawkeye, it was the the female there that's deaf and has one leg. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Echo? I her name. Echo, yes. Yeah. Okay, they give us her, who's a villain, but, of course, she's not the big bad villain. In this one, they give us the big bad villain, the, the Pikes, but they're useless. Mm. And then the one that's cool, the one we really want to see. Uh, Cad Bane. Cad Bane. He comes in for two episodes. And the same thing with Kingpin, the big bad Kingpin, who's really badass and awesome, even though he's got some sort of powers that I don't fully understand because he's, like, <laughs> super strong. Um, he's really cool, but they only bring him in for two episodes. So it's like the, the, the bad guys we really care about are two episodes, sure. two to three episodes or whatever, and barely in it at all. And then the, the ones we don't care about so much or don't know as much about, I didn't know anything about Echo before she showed up in the Hawkeye they give us for the whole season and then they either die or I think she like turns on uh kingpin or whatever. Mm. So it's just like the, they're the kind of like lesser bad guys that I, I don't, I don't get their reasoning why doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd. It's, I think they're trying to focus more on the heroes, which I guess makes sense. But like, but like they focus on Boba Fett and Boba Fett's not a hero or a crime boss or anything. It's not like these episodes are only 20 minutes long. It's not like they're anime or comedy episodes are only 20 minutes. So you got to pack everything into 20 minutes. They're almost as long as a Peacemaker episode. They're almost as long as a Daredevil episode, like the 40 to 50 minute range. Yep. But yet it feels like a lot less happens in these episodes partially because these mandalorian bofa episodes they use such long credit scenes oh my gosh so long <laughs> um yeah i don't know but anyway we keep try i try to keep going on positive notes and then we keep slandering the show the show is really not that bad okay let's all right Charles, let's sit down and talk about positives my main thing is incredible costume design and animatronics the rain core looks good more um, alien races to yeah more alien races to check out and you know, that's cool. As I, I think I told you this when we finally finished the show, I think it would be, if it was one or two episodes long, I think this entire show would be the good start mm. to a Boba Fett show or movie. Yeah. Like, you mean condense this little war thing to only two episodes? Two, two episodes. Because that's really the content it gives us is could have been condensed to two episodes. Pretty much, yeah. Like, all we need to know is that he's trying to become a crime boss. That's not really a crime boss. And then he's fighting the Pikes and a bunch of cool people show up. The Wookiee shows up, mm. tries to kill him, whatnot. I think honestly in a 40 ish minute episode, I think all of this could have been condensed into two. Definitely cut out the Mandalorian stuff. Evo is cool. Well yeah. done, but and then give us that in Mandalorian help. season yeah, three. Definitely. And take out the Tuscan Raider bit. You got two, a good, uh, well, potentially a good two episode, two, start. two to three episodes start to what could be a better show of him actually becoming an actual crime boss and doing crime or doing something more useful with his time than whatever he's doing now. And we really don't see much of uh, whatever town this is. Moss Asley. I don't, I don't remember. Moss Asley. Moss Asley. Um, it's really just one street. It's the one street they fight down and it's like this, the bar saloon thing at yeah. the end, a Katina, I guess it's called in the star Wars universe. Yeah. 
Which is good. Well, they also show us Freetown for a little bit, and they show us a lot of the desert area in the flashbacks. Yeah. And then the the castle for like half a second, they show us the castle. Yeah, you'd think there's somewhere to castle. Yeah, or do something with the castle. Like maybe feed somebody to a rancor in the castle. I don't know. Yeah. But the, no, well, they Danny Trejo's in it. He's in the show for an episode. Half. Not yeah. even half an episode. He doesn't do anything. He he he, he pats the rancor on the nose. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But again, cool cameos like that for pointless reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, do you like that the Marshall came back? Because I like that character. Um, I do. I do like the character. I again, it's a whole thing. Like when you bring him in, it feels more like a western because he's like the classic. He he's is, like, uh, yeah. what is that? The cop guy there from the old western shows. Uh, the marshal, the sheriff. Yeah, but there was a guy. It was one specific name. I forget the name of the show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, again, it doesn't matter. But he's like a classic Western sheriff, a marshal type character. And he, he wants to do like gunslinger type stuff in his little town. Like, if you're going to bring him in, do something more Western-y, like more classic. Like, that's his bit. And all they do is one she, uh, gunslinging scene where he winds up getting shot. Yeah. And his deputy, whose only purpose is to get killed. Get killed. Gets killed. <laughs> when that character shows in, he's just like acting like an asshole and he's not listening to the marshal and stuff. I'm like, is this character's whole bit? Is that at the end of this episode, he's going to get shot? And then he gets shot and killed. Yeah. You saw it coming as soon as he opened his mouth. And I told you this already, but someone was like, oh, because uh, there was an article just like, uh, it was talking about Cad Bane and that people were upset about this Star Wars character. People are upset died. I'm like, I am upset Cad Bane died. I go to the comments section. Someone's like, oh, well, you haven't seen the after credit scene. I'm like, fuck yeah. I go back on Disney Plus. It takes me five minutes to log in. I go back in it. Uh, we go to the back of tank, which is the magical heal all thing. I'm like, fuck yeah, he's bringing back Cam- Cad Bane. I don't know why he's bringing back Cad Bane, but fuck yeah, I love that character so much. And it's the Marshal. Love the Marshal. So disappointed. That pissed me off more about the show. It probably dropped this show one like grade level just because of how pissed off it was. It's not the show's fault. It's a guy on fucking Facebook. But it's also their fault too. It is their fault because like they kill off the good, really good characters. Just like, uh, as we said with Kingpin, they killed him off like way too quickly, giving him way too little screen time. Yeah. Again, I've seen Cad Bane. I think he's in The Bad Batch, and I know he's in the uh, the show Clone Wars. That's it. That's all we've ever seen of Cad Bane, and as you've said, he's a really good character. And from what I know of him, he's pretty decent. Yeah. Two episodes into this, dead. Yeah. Never going to see him again. There's one episode of the animated show. we got to wrap this section up. Um, yeah. we got to do a review. Uh but there's one episode where he fights two Jedi, one of which I think was Obi-Wan Kenobi, I want to say. And he's able, he doesn't kill them, but he's able to fight them off and survive and get away from them. Even though both have their force powers, their lightsabers and everything. And he uses every trick in the book. His flamethrower, he's like this little droid that shoots and his different guns. He's like a grappling hook. He does so much cool shit, but... I feel like they use him pretty well in the show, but I'm just disappointed. Like he was used not as much and he's killed off. Anyway, uh, let's give our review. Uh, so overall, I'm going to say this show is just a show mm. in our rating scale. Could I call this show bad? Yeah, I could call it bad, but on the other hand, like it's high production value. The Mandalorian episode where he goes into like the slaughterhouse and he just goes ape shit with his dark saber killing all these. Uh, I think they're, their own crime family. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, 
but the, that episode is super good. Uh, the animatronics and a lot of the costume work is really good. There's a shit ton of bad stuff in this show, but I don't know. I don't think I can call it a bad show. It's just very much disappointing, and I'm not going to be in a rush to see a season two. And to be honest, I'll be surprised if they actually greenlit season two because it seems like a lot of people are very lukewarm about this show, unlike The Mandalorian where everyone loved it. So I'm going to say it's a show. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like you. I can't call it bad. The worst parts of it for me is it's boring. Sure. And the whole thing feels like a filler episode in between Mandalorian. <laughs> like it just feels like one big filler episode. Yeah. Well, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have to give it, it's a, it's a show. Cause it, again, there's some good aspects to it. A lot of cool, as you said, animatronics, new alien races, good fight scenes with the dark saber, mm. which weren't really necessary in a Boba Fett show, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a show. That's that's fair. all I can give it. All right, time to get to Peacemaker. Do you really, really, really want to taste it? <sighs> all right, song Good is show. never going out of my head. No, it's especially not. because we put it in one of our playlists. Yeah, I listen to that song a lot. Anyway, so Peacemaker, HBO Max. Um, they were like, "Hey, James Gunn, the Suicide Squad's doing really well. People are liking it." If you really want to, you don't have to. If you really want to make a show off one person, we'll allow you to. We're not going to hold back. COVID happened. Uh, he was able to finish up the Suicide Squad. They released it. It was doing pretty good. Apparently, he was super bored. And Evo, he didn't believe that the show would be made. He wrote all eight episodes of this show during lockdown, gave it to Warner Brothers, and they're like, yeah, you can make this, which is great. And, uh, yeah, the show has been doing amazingly. It's done better than any other DC show on HBO Max and uh, they already greenlit for a season two and they said if he wants to make another Suicide Squad based show he can so before we talk about Peacemaker what show should he do Ooh. well Harley Quinn's got her movies yeah no need to do that yeah definitely um unfortunately he didn't kill off a lot of the characters I kind of wanted to see like mm. Arms Fall Off Boy I think he would have made a good show <laughs> yeah but I guess you could do like a prequel of some sort if yeah, you really you wanted could. to so you could use about any of them um Honestly, either Armors Fall Off Boy or Polka Dot Man would be Pokemon, my two topics. Yeah. No, that's fair. I would say a combination of a rat catcher with King Shark show. Ooh, like a, yeah, like a kind of brother and sister, like crime fighting. Well, not really crime fighting, but crime. Kind of. Doing. Kind of like sort of like a rock raccoon and Groot kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Um, so That's what I would do, but... I'm surprised because also weasel. Sorry, a weasel. Weasel. Show. So yeah, I'll I'll take off arms fall off boy. Either polka dot man or a weasel. Show. Weasel. I think our friend Miles suggested a weasel and king shark show, which would be ex- too expensive because there are CGI characters. But... Yeah, and also like their main bit is they go around eating whatever they feel like. Yeah. So there'd just be a bunch of people getting half eaten. Yeah, that show would work. It'd be kind of funny. What for, about like, blood sport? Well, this wouldn't be bad. I just like Idris Elba's probably doing a bunch of other stuff. He's doing knuckles. He's doing knuckles, as it turns out. <laughs> he's, and he's too busy. He's making knuckles for Paramount Plus. For Paramount Plus and for Sonic 3, probably. I'm assuming he'll make a return of some sort. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming he's busy and also, but he was a good character. I wouldn't mind him at all. But then, they, as they said, he's literally just Peacemaker, but either more or less badass. I can't remember which. Yeah, um... Well, Peacemaker says he's the better version. The better version of him, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bloodsport did take him out. So I would say he's the better version. 
We did survive that, surprisingly enough. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's good. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind an Idris Elba, like, Bloodsport show. I just, I don't know if it's necessary. Yeah, I feel like uh, James Gunn humor level, uh, Bloodsport worked good in that show as, like, the more serious character. The serious mixed with the crazy. But I don't think that would work for an entire show. Yeah, you would have to mix him with somebody like kind of Harley Quinn or somebody as crazy as Harley Quinn yeah. to make that work. Maybe it would just be good to just do Peacemaker, which I'm surprised. I didn't know they were going to do a second season. I thought this was going to be one and done and he was going to do something else, but... It kind of wraps it up very nicely as a one season if he wants to leave it like this. Like, yeah. they, they don't need to go any farther no. if, they don't, if they don't want to. Do you feel like they should do a second season? I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Uh Problem is, like, they kind of, they killed off their, the the head the head of their like little group the, oh, yeah. the butterfly guy let me bring up the cast members so i can find their name yeah by yeah can't remember him um so they kind of killed him off which was a little bit sad cuz i liked his character and i liked the fact that he was like the the enemy the alien butterfly dudes but mern was mern. his name yeah mern yeah they killed off mern so i don't know they could, they could go on the thing is like the characters are kind of all like the the one there uh What's her? Uh, Harcourt, not not the other one, the the lesbian one. Um, the lesbian one, uh, Adebayo. Adebayo. Yeah. Yes, she is kind of at a point where she's like she's she didn't really want to be an agent to begin with, but now she's like seen all this crap, seen what alien fighting is like, and now I'm pretty sure she'd rather just go spend the rest of her time in like a quiet little town with her wife. Yeah, and so, two dogs. And the two little yappy dogs. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get the feeling she probably wouldn't, as a character, wouldn't want to come back into the show. So then all you're left with is all be some good characters, but you're left with Peacemaker, uh, Vigilante. John. John and Hardcore. Yeah. So it's like... And Hardcore is, at the end of the show, she's pretty much disabled. She is very much... Like, she's in rehab, but yeah, she probably shouldn't be going around, like, punching people to death. Definitely. And... You know, I'm not going to say no to another Peacemaker show because this season was uh, flat-out Kino. Spoiler for my review. Um, but, no, I definitely wouldn't have mind also just having this be a terrific one-and-done and do something different, for sure. Yeah, honestly, I, I do believe they wrapped it up well enough that it could be one-and-done if, if if he so chooses to. If he wants to make another one, I'm not stopping him. No, definitely not. That means go right ahead. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about the show. Uh, pretty terrific. Uh, what works? Oh, also, best? They, sorry, but they also did kind of kill off what would have been a good bad guy for a second season, which was his dad. Yep. Uh, the White Dragon. The White Dragon. Yeah, he's kind of like the upper villain sort of. They kind of have two villains, which I think shows work well if they have two different villains, which these Disney shows don't. They have one villain, and then they have like another guy, but he shows up only for like an episode of it. Yeah. They take about like this one. He was there for most of the show, and then he gets killed off before the. Before the end. Yeah. But like he would have been a good one to, I think, keep on, like throw him in jail or whatever, but then bring him back for like a second season. What do you want to talk about first? Um, I would be interested in talking about characters because okay. even though most of these characters, when the show was introduced or announced and they announced everyone else was a peacemaker, I was like, I don't know what I feel about this because like it's a bunch of like agents and stuff. This reminds me of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and like, eh, like, I don't know. You know, of course, you want to see more super powered characters. 100%, you know, James Gunn knows how to write all these characters, even though uh, they're just pretty much agents and whatnot. Their banter and their character work is all great, and all of them are entertaining, and they're all, you know, well-written, and yeah. they're all fun characters. Yeah, no, there's no one that's boring. No, like, not at all. Even amongst the bad guys, the, the butterflies, like, there's not one of them that's boring because 
it's a bunch of alien creatures learning how to become human, taking over yeah. human bodies. Yeah. I think like when they did all their creepy smiles or whatever, like that was one of the best scenes for me. Yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, there, there was not definitely not boring. Um, even the the one who was I don't know if she was a hooker, but the the blonde girl that oh yeah I know you're talking about like uh, even she was kind of interesting because she's like she's not a hooker she's just like in an apartment complex that they take over and she's yeah. having a lot of fights over her husband no, she, and then she bangs vigilante and peacemaker at one point. Uh no, not her. The one that the butterfly that attacks him. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she might have been a prostitute. I don't remember. Yeah, he hooks up with some blonde girl, and that is our first introduction to who the butterflies are, which, spoiler again, they're like this alien race, uh, gives kind of superpowers to humans, and uh, but they also take John over your Cena body. hooks up with one of them, which bad timing on his part. Really bad timing, but yeah. I mean, like, he didn't know what yeah. an, what even a butterfly was. He didn't even know what he was hunting at that point. Mm. Um forget where I was going with this, but yeah, so th- there wasn't a boring character even yep. amongst like the side characters. Definitely. Let's talk about our favorites then. Um, they're all great. Uh, vigilante is fucking hilarious in this show. We've compared him to one of our friends yeah. as being like the wacky zany kind of, we don't know what he's going to do next character. Yeah. The wild card, wild card. So he was really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the part when he's trying to, um, they're interrogating the butterfly that's, that's like the butterfly princess or queen that's in like a jar and he's trying to get information out of it of what its favorite color is, even though it can only answer yes or no questions. Yeah, and it doesn't like the the color has no context to what the rest of the story is about. Yeah. But he's just trying to do it because, you know, he can. <laughs> I know that that reminds me of our friend very much, and I, I do absolutely love the character for that fact. Yeah. Did you know this is the only character that was originally cast as someone else? They shot three or so episodes of another actor and apparently they weren't um, agreeing on what the character should be. If in, they just fired him, they reshot all the scenes with Vigilante up oh, until that point. That's dope. Uh, there was another guy. I looked him up, and he doesn't look like the same. He looks like, I'm like this guy who's supposed to be, I think, late 20s, early 30s. The other guy they hired is like 45, and he's like a heavier set guy with like a big beard and stuff. Oh, okay, so like an old Bruce Willis playing a Vigilante. Kind of, yeah. He more looks like an 80s rocker. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if that'd work. But this anyway, one, glad they recast like, that because this yeah. guy was amazing. Oh, yeah. No, white and nerdy and <laughs> just zany. And I, I don't know. He's awesome. I, I did one of my top, top three characters easily. I would say that, too. There's a part where there's like a tense moment between him and Peacemaker. And then his phone goes off playing Barbie Girl. <laughs> and they don't address that. He just picks up and answers the phone. Because, like, you just <laughs> expect, like, once you meet his character, you're like, yes, he would have a Barbie Girl ringtone. He would, yeah. Ah. Uh, He's a great character. Um, well, of course, Peacemaker's good, but just side characters, they're all really well-written. Um, I really like uh, the cops are pretty good, and uh, I'm just looking here. Um, his father, Robert Patrick, Terminator 2, he does a good job with the being, character he is. Being an asshole. He's being a very asshole, good yeah. asshole. Uh, I really liked him. Uh, I really liked the, was the female cop, the, uh, the Asian woman there. Uh, Sophie Song. Sophie Song. She was really good both when she was playing like a human, mm. like being a cop, and then when she became a butterfly, like later on, spoilers. Definitely, yeah. Like she was still really good and I really liked it. Yeah, she was a really good actor in this. Um, her uh the the one playing the lesbian there, uh I can't Adebayo. Adebayo. God, I'm never gonna remember that name. Yeah. <laughs> she was really good. I like cause her character 
kind of seemed like the least, like, cause everyone else had been in some sort of task force or was a superhero ish character vigilante. Like she had nothing to, she was like, I think a baker or something. I forget what her or office worker. And yeah, then, she was an office worker, never killed anyone or even shot a gun, maybe. Yeah. And then yeah. they just, like, throw her into this group, and she, like, this most normal human being there has to deal with this situation that I wouldn't want to be thrown into. Mm. And I honestly, she, like, she did a very good job at that. Yeah, she, she's been described as the heart of the show. And definitely, yeah, she's a good combo with, like, hardcore's more badass uh, character. And we have the nerdier computer tech guy. Uh, there is Mern, who's the boss, who's kind of unpredictable and more the silent type. And she's there. Uh, you know, she cracks some jokes and she helps Peacemaker along with his like kind of emotional journey, kind of. And um, she definitely balances the show out very well in many different aspects. But like, not even that. Just like her playing that role was very well done mm. because I always felt like just a normal human, like she was just a normal human being being thrown into a situation like that weird, wacky bonker situation. Yeah. Like she wasn't prepared for. And yeah. some points didn't even want to be a part of, and didn't want to be a part, but then she learned, like she became friends with people, even though she did backstab or whatever. But again, like a human probably would do that. Like mm. if I'm getting paid by the government to backstab this guy at the end of a mission, I might do it. Eagly. Oh, Eagly was Kino. Yeah, Eagly, his pet eagle, which some middle schoolers make fun of him for having the most generic name of Eagly. Uh, Fair enough. Like, the naming wasn't great, especially because, like, his whole thing is, like, red, white, and blue. So you think he'd be, like, some big American, like, Central America, or not Central, but uh, something something America, like Freedom America. John Wayne. John Wayne, yeah, to yeah. be a good name. No, but, I like the name Eagly. It's a cute name, and it's kind of funny because he probably would be uncreative with it and just call it Eagly. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a bald eagle. Like, yeah. Most people don't have a pet bald eagle. Yeah. That's a great... Uh, Eagly was great. <sighs> so, I mean, like, I understand, of course, the CGI for pretty much all of it, but, like, just the way they did it, like, yeah. he always seemed to kind of fit into the situation very well. And, like, even the stuff that they had him do, like, carry off a helmet into the <laughs> into the ground and then just, like... Because he's an eagle and he doesn't really understand humans, he starts carrying it off in the direction they want to to toss it down on top of a barn, and then he just changes directions and decides to drop it in the middle of the woods because, you know, he's, he's an eagle. He's yeah. an eagle. He doesn't care about humans. Yeah. And barely understands them. I like when he's just, like, in the back seat of the car, and there's just someone else in the back seat. He's just, like, a passenger, but he's an eagle in the back yeah. of the car. Yeah, or he starts, like, pecking at him a little bit, yeah. like, asking for food, but, you know, he's an eagle, so he's, like, half ripping your arm off. Yeah. Oh. I'm glad they didn't kill him off. Oh, so glad. So glad. Because I was worried there for a second because, you know, like most animals die. And, Especially uh, like if they're not on superpowered, of course. Also in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, he killed off all those birds. Number, oh, um, yeah. Harley Quinn's birds, whatever. Well, no, it was the bad guy's birds. Oh, you know, that's true. Yeah. It was, well, he wasn't really a bad guy. He was a prince that she marries and then one of the bad guys kills and burns all of his birds. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what some people were like, oh, well, he's done it once. Maybe he'll do it again. But I'm glad they didn't because... Good character. Uh, Eagly is amazing. Yeah. My favorite part of the show is when Vigilante takes uh, Peacemaker's phone, smashes it on a car, and throws it out the window. And the main reason why he's pissed off Peacemaker is because he had a bunch of cute photos of Eagly on his phone. It's, I love that because it's like a pet owner. Like, if my phone went out the window, I'd be pissed because my cat Misha, I have a bunch of good photos of her on it. Yeah. Like, he's he's the cra- crazy cat lady of the superhero world, but he's for an eagle. eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Eagly, yeah, oh, such a good character. Yeah, evil is just, you know, just an eagle. Um, Yeah, pretty much all these side characters are good, even the ones that show up for only an episode or two. Uh, Judo Master. Oh, 
He was amazing as well. He's just this uh, little Asian guy who knows, uh, well, I guess judo. Is that a martial art? I don't know. Yeah, yeah uh, something. Like, he knows a martial art. He knows a martial art. Um, And he's just a really small dude. Apparently in the comics, he's supposed to be like two foot tall. Uh, been this, I think John Cena calls him two foot tall at one point. Yeah. And they make a lot of jokes about his height. And he's just usually there just crunch on like a Cheeto or something. Which he like. Like, of course, he doesn't seem all intimidating, but, like, you look at his face and stuff, and you see that he, like, always kind of has a scowl on. Yeah. It's like, honestly, he's not a guy, like, there's some dumb punk kids that start calling, like, Leprechaun because he wears all green. I was like, that's not honestly a guy that I would fuck with just standing there pissed off, bleeding because he'd been injured, eating Cheetos out of a bag. Just... No, definitely. If I saw him, I would go the opposite way, even if he's much smaller than me. Don't yeah. care. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't screw with this guy, but everyone in the show is just, like, happily making fun of him, I guess, small superheroes are just a commonplace thing or vigilantes or whatever he is. Yeah. But even at a good bit, cause he was working with the butterflies who, even though they were kind of doing the wrong thing, they had like good intentions and all that. Cause they saw like humans were destroying their own planet and that we were all eventually going to die. So they wanted to help kind of, I guess, control us, but in a way that would save the planet and save our human race. So like the, even the bad guys had like good intentions. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. Cause and, and the and Judah Master understood that, and that's why he was working with him. So he, mm. even he himself, he did some bad things, but he wasn't necessarily the bad guy of the show. No, definitely not, yeah. Um, I was reading a screenwriting book recently, and it was saying an idea of you should give your main character a choice they have to make, but it's a choice that, like, it's not an easy choice. They have to choose one way or another, and their choice will define their character, but it's a tough choice. And then, like, pretty much after that, I watched the last episode, and he's got the choice of, uh, not Mern, um, what's the name of his, the main butterfly, the queen, doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. Uh, I keep saying it doesn't matter, because that's what you've been saying recently, and I've been copying that. <laughs> There's been your catchphrase, when you can't remember something, you go, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it starts with a G of some sort. It's, it's like Gorn or Gorn, something. Gorn, yeah. Is it Gorn? I think it might so. be. Um, but Gorn says, and I was like, damn, she was like, They've come here because their planet is, like, blowing up or, like, there's no more resources or something. Yeah, they, they basically did what humans are doing to Earth. They just stripped of it of oh. all of its natural resources, and then it crumbled. And then they came here, but they found out that this planet is basically doing the same thing, but they're trying to stop before that happens by basically infiltrating, taking over, like, politicians and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And, like, it was so... that. Last scene, it was such a good scene where you're seeing Peacemaker, like, having to make that tough choice of, like, they got a fair point, but also they're kind of doing it in a, you know, a bad way. They have been killing yeah. people and taking over yeah. bodies and whatnot. They have been, but, I mean, that's, I mean, again, maybe some of the people were already dying because, it, like, it seems like they can even save people when they're about to die if they take over their body. But then, of course, the person's dead because they take their, they take over their mind. So mm. the, the person's no longer the person but their body's still alive and moving around. So I don't know. Kind of good thing, kind of. but it was the whole point they're making. Yes, they wanted to save the human race, even though they weren't doing it in the right, right way. But then, like, as you said, they gave Peacemaker the choice. He could either side with them and just simply let them carry on, because honestly, what they weren't doing, like, even though they had killed a bunch of people by taking over their bodies, like, they weren't going to go out of their way to kill anyone else. They just wanted to kind of move the population or the mind of the populace into a way that would save the planet. Yeah. Maybe make us go all green with resources rather than burning coal and all that. Yeah. Probably a smart move. Um, they could have done it in a number of ways, but you know, he kills them off because, uh, spoilers, I guess, because that's in his mind, what he believes people should have their own right to choose. 
even if mm-hmm. we are going to destroy our own planet, we should have the right to choose the, how we destroy our own planet. Yeah. And if we want to have done the same thing in his situation. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I honestly couldn't say. Cause like they had a valid argument, but also at the same time, like his friends, he knew his friends would have cared more to just have their own freedom. Yeah. So it's like that whole choice. Do you side with your friends or do you side with somebody who's actually like not terrible person, even though doing bad things, but has a valid reason for it. They can, they know what lies in the future of us, humanity, if we go on the path that we're on. One character we haven't talked much about, but relating to the butterflies being taken over is Mern, who's kind of like the leader of this small task force. Um, I really like the actor and I really like his character and it's kind of sad seeing him get killed off. It was what said, I kind of like, I understood it in the moment. Like it was like those butterflies don't want this butterfly that's betraying them to yeah. keep on living. But I did like him because it's, he was, I'm assuming the, the original Mern was like an assassin or contract killer or something, but then he's being played like he's basically being played by as a character by a butterfly that knows nothing about contract killing. So I wonder if in the Suicide Squad, if that is the normal Mern or if that is, if he has a butterfly in him at that point. That's a good question. Apparently this is going to be the one actor who James Gunn is going to bring over to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He's going to be playing, I forget what character, but he's going to play a decent sized role in that movie. Hmm. Yeah, so that's cool. I think, uh, yeah, definitely uh, Disney's kind of dropping the ball because it seems HBO Max has given him all the creative freedom he wants and he's taking advantage of it. And, you know, they let him do Guardians of the Galaxy and, they're, and they gave him a good amount of freedom with that, but they would never allow him to make a rated R version of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, and they also, they fired him at one point. Uh, do you remember that fiasco? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like after he wraps up, because he said Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be the last time we're going to see the Guardians and I haven't heard anything like if he's going to do a show or if they're going to let him do a different movie. So I feel like after Guardians of the Galaxy 3, he's just going to stick with Warner Brothers. So that's kind of a loss on Disney for kind of dropping the ball with that. But, it's you kind know, of- they got three Guardians of the Galaxy films, so yeah. that's good. And honestly, they're not making the same kind of shows that, like rated R stuff. They're not, he seems to be very happy, even though it's a fun rated R like, but there, there is, they are definitely rated R shows, but between language and violence. And and even in this, there's nudity, decent amount of nudity, decent amount of, yeah, nudity, borderline nudity. So like he seems more happy doing this. And I just don't think Disney would ever allow him to, even if they got big enough with like Disney plus or whatever, where they could have multiple like Disney, uh, Marvel shows going on at the same time. I don't think they'd let him do like a rated R Deadpool show mm. while Moon Knight is going on in the uh, like next screen over. Yeah, probably not. Um, uh, yeah, so I th- I just think it's a better fit for him. Uh, so talking far. about the intro, which everyone's been crazy about. Uh, do you want? Do you really want to taste it? Go set that up as my ringtone. Yeah, yeah, we should. That'd be badass. Sh- here's a million dollar question: Season two use the same one again because it's amazing in every way or try to have to find another crazy combination of dance moves and another great song. Like which one do you do? You know, if you could find a song as good as it, like as like that is as fun and energetic while people are being serious and like, have almost feel like they have murderous intent. If you could do that mix again, I'd 
uh, do that. But if you can't, use the same song, switch up the dance moves and characters, of course, because some died and some yeah, I was probably about to won't say, come back. Some of them died. So it won't come back. So, of course, switch up the characters and switch up the dance, like choreography and stuff, but keep the same expression and keep the same song because it's yeah. honestly good. I was honestly about to say that, like, change the whole, like, dance thing just because half those characters aren't going to be next season, but keep the song just do it in a different way and I'll be good. Because, like, some shows, like, use the exact same, like, intro, and then some shows just do a complete new one every season. Yeah. So... And then some of them do a new one, but with the same song. So it depends on what they want to do. But uh, yeah, so let's wrap this up. Um, uh, first off, anything you really disliked about the show? Um, not really, to be honest. Definitely nothing from a character standpoint. Um, I guess... Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe it definitely... Uh, it definitely... Uh, the story increased in tempo towards the end. So maybe... And Vigilante is introduced in the second episode. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe the first episode is not as good as the other episodes, but even still, it's it's a good episode. So honestly, I don't really have much to complain about. Yeah. Um, my one and only complaint is, like, I thought, so the cops all getting taken over, because, like, these are people in America where cops carry guns and all that, and they got taken over by a bunch of butterflies, which was, like, really quick. Yeah. But, of course, it was an army of butterflies, so it would have been difficult either way, but at least, like, give them the chance to shoot off a couple of rounds and maybe kill a couple of butterflies to try to survive Yeah, without getting taken over, which I think was he, the guy that was playing the sheriff, the other assassin dude. Yep. I think he probably would have had a much higher chance than anyone else of actually not becoming a butterfly. Yeah. But again, like that was my only complaint. Like they were overly useless, but that's just a stereotype of <laughs> okay. American cops. cops. Yeah. And every super, it's mostly superhero shows. It's like and cops it, are fucking worthless. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, final review. Kino. Uh, absolute kino. It's great. Uh, it's entertaining, fun. Uh, the humor is great, uh, but it has some good emotional uh, parts too. Uh, some good character arcs. I liked uh, John's final section at the oh, end. Yeah, where he admits like his problems and stuff, and like why he dyes his beard and all that. Yeah, that was pretty good. When um, he's trying to pretend to be a butterfly, yeah, that was really good. That was good. I even like uh, when she gets shot there. Uh, hardcore, hardcore, because like she starts showing a lot more emotion by that point. Like we actually see physical tears in her eyes and yeah, she seems more caring to pretty much everyone around her. I liked her character arc at that point. So yeah. 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 Kino. Absolute Kino. All right. Awesome. So we move to our final two sections, um, which is give it a week. And then we're going to do our final recommendations before we wrap this up. So don't go anywhere. Uh, my give it a week is Hitman three, which I downloaded on game pass. Cause um, Dishonored is one of my favorite video games that's about playing a steampunk like assassin dude with blades and I was like I never played these Hitman games I think I never got to him because I played the other big assassin game called the Assassin Creed series which is mm. infinitely more popular than both Dishonored and Hitman and I, at least the one, games I played from the Assassin's Creed series I don't like them um, so I it took me a while to get Hitman and I tried it out and it's really good it's I've, really good. I've played like sections of it with because I had a friend's house. He has it, so I've played bits of it, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's challenging, but a lot of fun. It is. It works good for me because I like games where I have to put a lot of patience into it. Because you get put at least in Hitman Three, I haven't played one or two, but you're put in like a big, big like scenario, and it's just like a big area, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Like the first one is like you're at this like big party in Dubai. And you're trying to kill two different people. 
and you're trying to blend in and they do it in an awesome way in that you can find many different ways to try and knock these people off by like if you're able to acquire poison you could poison them you can make it look like an accident if you like break something and someone falls on them yeah. uh you can cut i noticed in that section there was an area you can cut parachutes so if i was able to figure out a way to get them on a helicopter and get them to jump off or whatever i cut his parachute so he would die but i didn't do that so I could replay these levels to find different ways to kill them. And you can, like, take over different roles. You can kill people or knock them out, throw them in, like, an ice fridge, and then just, like, take their costume and just blend in that way. It's a challenging game, but it's very, very fun. It's definitely up my alley for video games. All right. Yeah. Like I just said, of, a, of what I've played of it, it's really good. Yeah. And also, there's one episode in it that has a murder mystery in it where you're pretending – you can pretend – you're basically going to, like, a like a English manor where this family's hiding out, and one of them died of suicide, supposedly. But the woman – the head woman you're trying to kill doesn't believe that, and if you kill the detective that is – uh, she hired to blend in because she doesn't know what he looks like. You could do the murder mystery, and it's really, really well done. Oh, as the detective. As a detective, yeah. Because in it, you can't just kill the main woman and get out. You have to get, like, this, um, this like, document. In the document, you could maybe break into her office and steal. It would be very difficult. But the way I did is I did the murder mystery, which took a while, but it was fun. And then as a reward, she asked me what I wanted. I wanted a document. I took the document. And then she went to the banister to, like, look out at the courtyard, and I just fall behind her, just pushed her off, <laughs> and I just walked out. So it was, yeah, very good stuff. Um, and I wonder if you didn't do that as the murderer, if the detective would look at you. I'm curious about that, yeah. Because then you're now a suspect because you're part of this group now. Yeah. Uh, that'd be kind of cool to see, like, the other end of that. I might replay and see what happens if I don't kill the detective. That'd be interesting. But, yeah, Hitman 3, really dope. And... There's apparently different ways of keep replaying the same missions, but, like, they change who your target is. Yeah. Because um, there's, at least in Hitman 3, there's not a ton of scenarios, but each one takes a while to beat, like, an hour or so. Yeah. Um, But apparently there's some replay value. But, yeah, Hitman 3, I've been having a blast with. It's been great. Um, Our final segment, At the Movies with Trash Talk Podcasts. We recommend four things to each of things we've been checking out recently that have been pretty good. Um, oh, my stupid phone has dead, so I don't have my stuff right here. I'm going to have to remember. Let's have you go first, Travis. Uh, all right. Well, I just actually finished up within the past couple of days, two movies, um, that I want to recommend. One is Bell. It's a new animated, uh, movie that just came out and it's by, I think it's the director or writer of one, a couple of our favorite, uh, anime movies, which is like Redline and Paprika. Mm. Uh, which we like to get really inebriated and watch because they're like visually very stunning. They are. And this is kind of the same way. I mean, I only got the chance to have one beer while watching it, but uh, even I think that was enough because like visually it is incredible to look at. And it's basically, it follows this girl who, I don't know how many, uh, it's not Izakai because Izakai is where you get transported in another world. It's kind of like that, but it's through like a gaming system. Like so VR sort of kind of like an advanced version of VR. Mm. And basically you get transported into this, this futuristic world or not future. Well, kind of futuristic world, but it's like anything can, ha- your imagination is your limitation. Huh. So people for transportation, they just fly wherever they want to go and everyone can fly because you know, why not? It's, yeah. it's easy transportation. So is this like the matrix sort of a bit like the matrix, but it's like 
more visually more stunning. Okay, yeah, because the Matrix really just looks like a normal city. Because that's the point is that they're trying to blend everything in. They're trying to make it look like our reality. So basically, everyone's Neo in this. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. You you can do whatever we want, create whatever you want. Even though like they don't really show that aspect of it, which I think they could. But it's kind of like uh, Ready Player One, mm. like that another type of VR uh, go into the system. But again, they create a lot of really cool stuff. Like they have racetracks that fly through outer space and whatnot. Oh, wow. So a lot of like really interesting stuff like that. This doesn't have so much of that, but they show some aspects of it. Like uh, one of the main characters, he lives in like a castle. But it's like this really awesome, it's like medieval, but like fantasy. It's almost like a Castlevania type castle. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And it follows a similar storyline to, I guess, Beauty and the Beast in a way. At least for in the virtual world part of it. Which, now that you mention the name Belle, because Belle is the main character in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So why is it like Beauty and the Beast, though? Uh, So basically, the main character is this incredible singer. And there's this guy who kind of he becomes a bit obsessed with her because like, her singing is absolutely incredible and beautiful. But everyone calls him the Beast. Uh, Belle Beast. Yep. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and But he becomes obsessed with her and... In a way, she kind of grows attached to him. I don't know if it's really like love or whatever, but she, just like Belle from the Beauty and the Boost, Beauty and the Beast, she becomes attached to him and she wants to help him. She wants to help him get through his pain and his suffering that he's going through mm. and maybe like get him from being the beast back to a normal human. Makes sense. Um, And so she like, she follows him around and tries to learn more about him. And like, the, he's the one who lives in the Castlevania S castle as the beast lived in his own private castle in the movie. Yep. And he has a bunch of little minions. These are AI, but they're all very small little creatures that are similar to the, the drawers and the candlesticks and all that from the movie. Like those are his servants are these like little AI that are like the size of the palm of your hand. Okay. Um, so it's like a modern retelling of beauty and the beast kind of, but it dives more into like modern subjects. So part of it is uh, child abuse. Oh, part of it is, uh, so the main character, she grew up without her mother because uh, in a way she kind of committed suicide, but it she did it basically to be a hero. So the little girl, one part of the show I'll spoil, the little girl was trapped in the middle of a raging river mm. on a, like an island. And in the, the mother world? In the, in the real world. Yeah, yeah. And the mother wanted to go save her. So she put on a life vest, swam out to the island, saved the girl, but there was only one life vest. So she gave it to the little girl. The little girl swam back. The mother, I'm assuming, drowned in the river. Oh. Because it was like really fast currents, unable for most people to swim. Yep. So this little girl lost her mother at a very long and had to deal with that. And part of her coping with that was becoming this singer in this virtual world. I see. And that's her like getting over her emotional trauma. And then she tries to help the beast get over his emotional trauma. Yep. Um, so it's got a lot of modern concepts and stuff like that that they go into, but it's a really decent story overall. And as I said, visually stunning. My one issue with it, but I watched the English version, was like voice actors. The like dubbing some, wasn't good. Yeah, the dubbing wasn't as good as I would have liked. But again, uh, my own critical thing with most sure anime. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Studio Ghibli movies do a very good job, though, with the dubbing. They do a very decent... A lot of the higher budgets generally do. But like... And it was only... It wasn't all the voice actors. There was only a couple of them where it just mm. really didn't fit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that my one kind of downfall with it, but like it wasn't bad at all, and it was very fun to watch. Yeah, no, it sounds good, and you got to see it in theaters, which was lucky. Yes. And unfortunately, the day after you watched it, they stopped showing it there. Yeah, so you actually saw it at the perfect time. 
So at some point, maybe I'll be lucky and it'll go on Hulu or something, but it's going to be a while until I get the chance to see it. So my first recommendation is I've been watching a lot recently of Italian Gaelo films, which is a really cool subgenre of horror films that were made in the 70s and 80s. And they're basically what Scream was kind of um, inspired or ripped off Parodying? By. No, not even parody. Because oh. Scream is very much a parody of slasher films. So everyone thinks Scream is a slasher film, and it kind of is. But really what it is is a Gaelo film. So his Gaelo films were movies that were slasher films, but they never featured a character like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or whatever that was supernatural-based, that powers. They were always a man, a person that could get killed. They usually had a knife or some other bladed weapon. And really what makes a Gaelo film different in what Scream did well is that it's also a murder mystery. So really what it is, is that a character is introduced, some people are killed off early on, like a slasher film, the monster shows up and stabs a couple of women. Um, often the women in these Gaelic films are very attractive, a lot of them nude, sometimes like American slasher films. Yep. But then what happens afterwards is that there's a main character storyline and you meet a bunch of our characters, your suspects, and then other people get knocked off and they start solving the crime. And then usually the main character becomes like an amateur detective. They're trying to figure it out without the police. And then at the end, there's the reveal of who the actual killer is. So it's interesting because these movies are definitely all rated R and they gore, they go into the gore very well. So a lot of really bloody scenes, like some really good slasher films, but it's not just, I don't want to say mindless killing, but there is a story and a mystery behind it. And you're trying to figure there out. There's motive the to the killer. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the films are very fun because they're very bright. A lot of the um, characters wear very extravagant outfits. Uh, the music is very kind of, I don't It's not synth wave, but it's a very unique style and it's very intense, but it's not like spooky intense, like Halloween or whatever. It's its own very weird. Uh, it's, Oh, it's some, I don't want to say it's like disco music, but um, it's a very unique stylization of music that goes with this. And you got the mystery there and a lot of beautiful women, a cool mystery, a lot of awesome uh, death scenes. So anyway, I've watched a lot of those movies. Uh, one of which I saw is called Tenenbrae, which is about an author who wrote a book called Tenenbrae. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, murder mystery novels. He goes to a new area where he's going to be um, promoting his book and a killer is out there killing people in ways that the characters in this new book was killed. Oh, okay. So the police originally think it could be him or maybe someone at least close to him. Uh, one character is killed by just, uh, they suffocate because the killer like stuffs uh, pages from the novel into their mouth and then like slits their throat with a razor. Oh. Um and it's a very cool uh, movie, and there's a unique reveal that the killer is actually killed off halfway in the movie, but you don't know it. And then the rest of the movie, all the killings that happen, which are a little bit more sloppy, are done by the author, the person you think your main protagonist is. So I think I don't remember if the killer's killed off by the protagonist halfway point, but the killer's knocked off halfway through. And then the rest of the movie, all the killings are done by the author who's gone insane. Because somebody's been killing people in, in the ways of his book, in his writing. Basically, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, these movies have been awesome to watch and very fun to watch when you're high. Uh, but, yeah, that's my first recommendation of the week. Uh, what is your final recommendation, Travis? I just finished The Kingsman. 
I saw that on Hulu that they uploaded there, which is perfect because we didn't get to see in theaters. Yeah. Well, it's actually also on HBO Max as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's where I saw it. Is it good? It So far better than the second one. Okay, good. Um, I put it on par with the first one. I might've liked it a little bit better mm. for certain aspects. Like they, so basically this is the beginning of the organization where it's not really like a, like a secret organization yet. It's basically like a group of like four people, four or five people, mm. but it's, they're basically building this into the Kingsman, uh, secret agency, whatever you want to call it. But just the, the characters they follow. So they follow a father and son and basically, I forget exactly what they say the networking is, but it's kind of like maids and butlers and stuff. And in order to create this like information network group, he uses his own maids and butlers to talk to all these other maids and butlers to get information. Oh, okay. So it's basically a maid and butler, a father and son. Yep. And we have to deal with them. Originally it was, they wanted no part with any sort of war or fighting in general because they saw enough of it when the father was younger, he was a soldier he killed a lot of people. I think the mother was in the army of some sort of like Red Cross or something like that, like a nurse. So she saw a bunch of death and destruction. So they wanted no part of it. But the son, growing up, he knew his father was in the military. He kind of wants to join the military. The father wants to keep him away from that, but he really can't because war is like knocking on their front door. Um, and this is, I believe, I believe this was like before World War II. So this would be around World War One or maybe a bit before that. Mm. Um, and so we do follow this guy as he, so he's, he's connected to a lot of like politicians stuff and he's basically, he's gathering a bunch of information because he basically is starting the secret organization without really like starting it. Sure. So they've got this information gathering. They know about like basically like a big criminal organization, like a, like a James Bond S type villain. And they know that something's going on, but they don't have enough information because they're relatively new and they're, they don't have agents. They just have maids and butlers. So they don't have anyone actually like tracking people down and assassinating them or doing whatever James Bond does. Mm. And we deal with basically them kind of learning the ropes of what it kind of takes to become a secret organization while dealing with this. I I believe it was around world war one. So dealing with like a bunch of fighting and a bunch of war, death and destruction. Yeah. And like, like I said, it's, it's pretty good. Um, it does have a few downfalls that, I probably won't mention here because it's still my recommendation of the week, but I did enjoy watching it. it was, okay. It was fun. Is it Ross Poutine? Ross, uh, a virgin of Ross Poutine. So basically he's like a, like a ultimate priest. Yeah. And like one of the head priests in all of Russia. And he has not really like mystical powers, but he like, he can heal people because he knows how their blood flows or something. Okay. Huh. But they do kind of portray him. Slightly, like in a more comedical way, but slightly as he was in real life, like love to have sex, love to drink, like love to party yeah. while being like a priest. Huh. I guess the Russian version of a priest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was pretty good. They had another big bad villain who they, so they never showed up his face. It's kind of like your evil James Bond, where you never see his face, but you see like the outline of the back of his head and stuff. And then they do the big reveal at the end. And it's generally, it's like somebody you've met before. Yeah. So it was kind of like that. Uh, he was pretty good. Wasn't my favorite villain, but like I had no real complaints about him. Sure. Uh, and then they had like a whole bunch of other like, I, I don't know if they were as well known as Rasputin. I think he was one of the big names, but they, oh, and uh, another uh, crime, uh, warlord from Russia. Uh, or not maybe not Russia, but a country near Russia. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Put, no, 
Oh, Putin. No, not Putin. Okay, it was f- Stalin. Stalin. Yeah. He shows up for a while. Oh. And another uh, a German uh, guy shows up for a tiny, Does tiny. Does he have a little mustache? Actually, he doesn't. That was the only thing they didn't do was the little mustache. He had a full oh. mustache for whatever reason. Oh, okay. Huh. But this is him as a younger lad. Oh, younger lad. Yeah. Before Young he... Hitler. Yes. The crossover with Young Meter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, he's introduced basically a bunch of other like criminals, but I don't, I don't know if they were as well known, but they're, they're forming this organization and manipulating stuff like oh, okay. just a couple of them are manipulating like America into not joining into the war, like the first world war, I believe. And some of them are like, basically it's uh the big powers are Russia, Germany, and uh, England, and they're all like fighting each other. So they're manipulating Germany, they're manipulating Russia, and they're manipulating part of England. Okay, so they're kind of like an evil Illuminati sort of like kind of yeah, putting their strings behind everything and manipulating yeah. everything. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that soon. So my final recommendation of the week is Pam and Tommy, which is on Hulu. It's a TV show. It's a limited series, and uh, concept wise, you wouldn't think it'd be very interesting or at least maybe good, but it's terrific. Um, it's a director that I love. He made um, I Tanya. He also made that Cruella movie, but oh, okay. he's mostly known for I Tanya. Um, but he does a really good job, like, with camera work and stuff. Like, the camera's always moving and scenes move by super fast. Um, but Pam and Tommy is about the true story of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, the I think he's the main singer and drummer of Motley Crue. And then Pam Anderson from Baywatch. They, uh, they were a couple. They made a sex tape together. And then it was stolen and then uploaded to the early days of the internet. And it was like a big deal. And this is a story about that. So once again, it's like, that seems like a weird concept for a show, but it's very, very, very good. Um, Seth Rogen is the guy who steals the sex tape. Cause basically he's a carpenter who's working on Tommy Lee's house. And Tommy Lee is an asshole and basically just fires him. Even though he wasn't paid up front. So he invested a lot of his own money, uh, Seth Rogen into the construction. This guy's like, like sex, dungeon or whatever and he lost his ton of money he's like no money so to get back at him he breaks into his house and steals a vault and there's not a lot of super valuable stuff in the vault but one of which is a tape that's where the story kind of revolves around uh sebastian stan uh winter soldier is tommy lee and he's so good like i want to see him in more non-mcu stuff because he's really good winter soldier but he's kind of like he kind of has to just play the one like he doesn't have a lot of motion to that character. Yeah, and he's always, in a way, been like a side-ish character. Yeah, he's always a side character. But in this, he's, oh, he's so good. And the transformations of the characters are terrific. Not, not so much Seth Rogen. His thing is that he doesn't have a beard, his iconic beard, and yep. he lost a lot of weight, so he's thinner, and he's got like a mullet. Um, but um, Sebastian Stan, he looks like Tommy Lee. He's got like the shitty goatee. Uh, he usually doesn't wear a shirt and he's like the tattoos across his chest and like nipple rings and his attitude. He's got like a lot of the swagger and he's not, he's not particularly smart. He's a, you know, he's a rock and roller. Yeah. Um, he's kind of got that like early two thousands douchebag kind of voice <laughs> and Lily Collins, uh, Phil Collins daughter. Um, she's this normally real life. She's this very small, petite brunette girl, very sweet, uh, very pale skin. They, physically transform her into Pamela Anderson. It's, she does not look the same person. Blonde hair, prosthetics to give her her larger breasts, mm-hmm. and 
her tan body, uh, like her much tanner body, and uh, she like does that like kind of like bimbo voice kind of. I assume mimicking real Pam Anderson. I never watched any shows or movies with her. Yeah. Um, but pretty much everyone, especially Sebastian Stan and Lily Collins, are terrific as these characters, and they did such a good job transforming them to look like him, especially Lily Collins to look like Pam Anderson, because really like, she did not look like her. Yeah. Um, but the show is very, very entertaining and very well shot, and like, usually, like even for movies, there's not a lot of movies that have like the camera work that is put in this show. Like the camera is always moving around a lot of great editing and it's just very entertaining show. Even if it's not a subject that you would normally think would be very entertaining to watch. Yeah. The scandal of sex tape. Sex yeah. tape is like high on the watch list. Exactly. Yeah. I watched just cause the director and the actors in it, but everything about it is terrific. Okay. Very well written and directed. And that is the show. Uh, Trash Talk Podcast. We'll be taking a couple weeks off, um, two or three, but then we'll be back in the beginning of March for a review of The Batman. Ooh, waiting for that. So I'm excited for that. So probably the first or second week of March, we'll be back with a new Trash Talk Podcast episode reviewing The Batman. That's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, uh, the Beer and Pretzel Podcast has episodes come up weekly. Um, different playthroughs. We've got some games that we'll be playing very soon. That's going to be fun. A couple more interviews planned and some reviews and all that fun stuff. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys uh, next time in a couple of weeks. Travis, we'll be talking again. See Batman. you in March. Yeah. Have a good one, everyone.